Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, welcome along to another episode of the Experts Podcast. My name is Nick Hayes. Uh, I'm joined here by my uh, gorgeous and fantastic. Can you say gorgeous anymore? I don't yes. think you can. Are you, you have to? you have my blessing. Thanks very much, Lana Hill. <laughs> Lana Hill's in the in the room. I am. Hey, um, what did you? How did you go in year twelve? Did you do all right? I did. Yeah. I did actually. Yeah, I uh, I am very bad at maths and science, but I made up for it in my other subjects. But yeah, I did pretty well. Maths and science. Is there any other subjects in <laughs> I was good at all the English lit and uh, you know media studies and history. Media all, studies, in all, case all the pretend subjects. I see. <laughs> well, that's great. But I tell you what, we've got an education expert, and you will know this education expert. Uh, his name is Adam Voigt. You'll see him on the project. You'll see him on all the major talk radio stations around the country. If we have to ask a question around education, we go to Adam. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nick and Lana. Uh, great to be here with you. Well done. And look, it's it's something that I think we've been watching from afar, Adam, over the years, the way that you have developed your expert status, your authority in education. Uh, the fact that you appear on the project quite regularly has been, I guess, the major driver for, for your the recognition that you do carry as an authority. Would that be fair to say? Um, yeah, it would be, and I think that that um, you know being really specific about where you want to appear and working hard to try and get that opportunity, and and knowing that when you do, you have to sort of you know, provide the the level of content that they're looking for allows that to sort of branch off into like you mentioned all the other different directions in radio and print and things like that as well. So it's a it's a reminder to make sure that when you when you do work in the media, if you want to make it work for you, is to try and produce something of quality, I suppose. You talk about quality, and that's and that's something that we all should be aspiring to. But when you do your media engagements, you bring a certain a, a certain panache, a certain feel that you've got something a little different to the average commentator, and particularly from the education space. You're not the stuffy, white-haired sort of principal. You're you've got something else a little bit different. You've got a bit of cheek about you as well. Is that something you're quite conscious of? Well, it is, and I think firstly, I think it's because it's me. You know, that's uh, that's my personality, and I am a little bit cheeky and a little bit silly sometimes. And and, and that's you know, there's not much point going out there and trying to pretend that you're something you're not. But I think the other thing about it is that when you're trying to be an expert, I think you position yourself as an expert when other people can understand what you're talking about. And I think as an expert, if you get up there and teach, for instance, there's a whole you know there's a whole set of jargon that comes along with being an educator. And if I get up there and use all of that jargon with people, they're going to think, oh, well, this guy's impressive. And I've no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> but um, so you have to you have to be able to position yourself as an as an expert by uh, allowing other people to access your expertise. It means speaking really plainly and clearly about in terms that people can understand. Such a good point, isn't it, Lana? That to sports to speak plainly and clearly. Uh, way too many experts out there try to feel like they're communicating to their colleagues or to a to an audience that's just not the audience of that media. They just mess it up so badly. 
Oh, totally. And I, I think, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with Nick, Adam. The way that you communicate is, is you know, really to the point, easy to understand and likeable. You know, it's it's not – you're not trying to make it sound overly complicated. It's uh, – and I think it's really important in education because it is quite an emotive subject. You know, mm. the people that are watching Adam's segments or listening to him on the radio reading his written pieces, you know, they're, they're parents. They're people that are probably stressed out about something – and, and something's come up in the news, they're looking for that reassurance. And it's so important to be able to understand it. Yeah, it's both a pro and a con, you know, because you've got like a, the, the, the con, I guess, is that to a point everybody thinks they're an education expert because they went to school. <laughs> you, know, you know, I often make the joke that's a little bit like saying that, you know, you're a qualified plumber because you've been to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you know, using the system doesn't necessarily make you an expert on the system. You know, so there's that, there's the issue, that's sort of the con. But the, the pro is that every time you do speak about education, you're talking to someone who has either been to school or has got a kid in school or knows someone in school or knows someone who's a teacher. So we're all reasonably personally invested in in, in, a, in the country being doing education well. So um, it means that, you know, everybody's got a, a place to put the information that you're talking, that you're providing them with. Now, these are highly unusual times. The, the COVID-19, a pandemic that is racing mm. around, and education has probably been uh, outside of health and also to job losses. Education's been in the top three as far as an issue for this particular health crisis because, it's the teachers. It's the kids that are going back to school. They, they seem to be the first ones that are on the front line here. You've been quite vocal on this. How have yeah. you been perceived? How have What's the feedback been like for you? Because not only in the traditional media that you work with, you're very vocal in social media as well. Yeah, it's been really – and it's been important and it's been done with intent as well. You know, we um, as a as a business at Real Schools, we sat down when this all started to happen and went rightio. Um, what do our, what do our market? What are the people that we speak to? What do they want from us right now? And we understood that, like a lot of other businesses, that you know, work that we were doing with them was either postponed or mostly for us postponed, um, and we needed to make those arrangements. But in the meantime, what do we do? And we came up with three words, and we said we had to be of service. So we did a lot of work online, and and like you said, um, even on social media, you know, um, providing help for people and providing even just a bit of fun for people. We ran an online trivia night for for teachers, and we had 189 teachers show up one Friday night oh, wow. for this trivia night, which was incredible you know but we think that was being of service because they just needed to smile yeah um we needed to be generous which means that everything we did over about a four-week period was free and then the third one was we needed to be advocates so where they feel they can't speak we needed to be their voice yeah so whatever it was around education that was spoken about we wanted to say okay we have the opportunity to speak without you know, government or without a, a bureaucrat looking down on them going, well, don't say that. We've got the opportunity to say what they're really thinking. Um, so we needed to be brave enough to, to step into that space. And even if that ruffled a few people outside of education, um, it's been really well received inside of education. That's a great lead on, Adam. I wanted to ask, I know I'm a mum of two. Nick's, Nick's got his two boys. Uh, I know how I'm feeling about sending my children back to school. Pretty damn excited, just quietly. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to ask you in all seriousness, Adam, how are teachers or I know, you know, you can't necessarily speak on behalf of teachers everywhere, but what's your take on how teachers might be feeling about kids returning to school? 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think teachers are really prepared for that. You know, and that notion that the parents are going to pull up out the front of the school and without stopping the car, just throw their children out <laughs> and, and they're going to land. <laughs> yeah. and, but the truth is, and there was a fabulous um, little piece done on, on the 7.30 report on the ABC of teachers sending messages to their kids. They miss them. You know, they, they really want – teachers know that great teaching is done in person and it's done by leveraging relationship. And doing, building a, a relationship over Zoom's hard. So the schools that have been intentional about that and sharing personal stories, teachers asked me, what should my first online lesson be like? And I said, it should be you walking around the house introducing your kids to your dog. You know, just keep the keep the personal connection in place. And I reckon that teachers, as soon as it's safe, and I think that's the only thing we've got to remember is that for our teachers, that they're, they're parents too. Uh, they've often got, the average age of a teacher in Australia is 48. They've often got elderly parents or grandparents that they're looking after themselves. And as soon as it's safe for our teaching workforce, they, they're going to welcome the kids back. They're going to be as happy to have them back as you are to be to get rid of them. <laughs> Well, we, we certainly will be happy to see say goodbye to them, send them off to school, and and just to just to share with you also, my wife's a teacher as well. Big fan of yours, Adam. Big fan of yours. Oh, thank you. Um, and she's been very much responsible for a lot of the distance learning at her school. And 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 to your point there too, Adam. You know, you know, walk around the house, show them a little bit, be a bit more personable, because these are strange times. These are unusual times. Um, yeah. Less is best. It's not about trying to pack everything in. It's about, you know, we're living in unusual times. This is an opportunity. Less is best. And, you know, don't feel like you've got to carry out what you would be doing in the classroom in traditional times, what you're doing at home. Thank God. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I can yeah. say I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I, don't think there's, I don't think there's a parent out there that's listening to this that's actually said, you know what, I, I did this parenting job, uh, this uh, teaching job pretty well. Oh, no. What, and what, I, uh, hopefully that's, Adam, something that's come out of this for your, you know, for your industry, industry and your people that, you know, I think parents all over the country have gone, oh, teachers are bloody awesome. They deserve a pay rise. <laughs> hey, Adam, I'm putting them above. I'm putting them above nurses now and police. These guys are these guys are frontline workers. See, all we had to do to have everyone appreciate teachers was leave them with their own children for a little while, didn't we? <laughs> but I, I, I think you've got a, a really valid point. I think that teachers have proven over the last few weeks that you can't just throw content at kids, you know, and think that you've got that done. That um, that the most powerful learning happens through relationship and through experience. And um, teachers that have got that right have been able to to manage it. Our kids are not going to remember how many worksheets got uploaded to an online platform over this you know four, six, eighteen week period. Um, they're going to remember how the adults came together, how they looked after each other, how they didn't turn on each other, how when times were tough, this is how grown ups collaborate and get a job done. And um, so if we can keep focusing on looking after, and if that job is looking after our kids and just making sure their well-being is okay and they're not too anxious about all this, then they're going to look back and go, yeah, job done. What well, good job. Yeah, well done. No, it's uh, it's been interesting times and, and really great to get your feedback and uh, your leadership in this because I think a lot of people do, they do look to you for for, for guidance and to, and to how this all plays out. And I think you do this particularly well on the project. Now, the project has, and I talk about that because it, it is the gold, the gold for a lot of experts and commentators out there. They yeah. just want to get there. That's it. Um, but you have a you have a particular relationship. I think not just with Waleed, but you've you've got a you've got a good little relationship with them kicking on. Is it, does that start at the presenters, or does it go back to the producers that uh, book you for the show? 
I think it's very 50-50. I think that when you speak to the producers, you know, during the day when the project, the planet spoke to me today about the, the some of the differences between different states and the way that they're going back to, to school at the moment and how they, they work that through. And they the, the producers really want to understand. Yeah. They, they want to know the problem inside out. They don't want to present misinformation. But then I think that when you're, when you're working with the uh, the, the the stars of the show um there's probably it's probably uh, about getting to know them a little bit yeah. you know um you know on the project you know you've got to you got to sort of be ready that pete's gonna come at you with a with a gag at some stage about what you're talking <laughs> about and and you can't get offended you've got to, you've got to, nah. you know, you've got to stand that every everything's a target for, and particularly at times like now we need to laugh more than ever um and you need to understand that Waleed's going to go off script and he's going to pick a fight with you <laughs> now Waleed's Waleed's a you know a wonderful richmond man like myself um, uh, but um, when it comes let's, let's particularly time, when it comes to education let's just time we're, stamp we're this blue. let's just time stamp this it's 12 minutes 44 into the podcast he's, met, he's mentioned <laughs> Richmond Football Club oh. well that's the longest I think I've ever got into a conversation with you without mentioning <laughs> oh, no. so I, I miss the footy uh, talk god I miss the footy talk I'm a Geelong Cat supporter Adam by the way yeah oh, oh, okay. well, we, we can talk about all sorts of stuff over the last couple of years then we can have a chat about whether they found Patrick Dangerfield after the the All right, let's stay on topic, yet. Adam. You're famous, you're famous for staying on topic. Let's get off this. And by the way, okay. if I see another tweet from you around North Melbourne, I'm going to go bananas at you. Okay. But, uh, no. but anyway. Oh, I do love that. I do love the banter. Hey, um, so it, it is a relationship. It's a connection. You do have that. One of my fav- my favourite things that I do see on the project, and it was a, an episode, I think you had a, a cricket injury or something along the lines where you, you had yeah, your I've hand, broken a thumb. You've broken a thumb. And Waleed, while it wasn't obvious during the broadcast, Waleed picked up on it, and it just became that little uh, <laughs> it came that little part of the show that just became, oh, this is this Adam Boy, he's, he's more than just an education commentator. He's, he's got a good sense of humour. Was, was that a moment there for you? Or is it because you're, you're more than just an educator? You're a, you're a bit of a personality as well. Well, I think that you know nobody wants to get up there and, and on a particularly on a show like the project and the way that they you know their thing is news is delivered differently. You know, so when I saw Waleed that night in the in the green room beforehand, um, he said, you know, gee, what have you done to yourself? <laughs> and um, and so I went into the studio and then did the, the did the cross and then. Um, yeah, you know, he's. Uh, you've got your hands down low, so yeah. they can't see you. But then Waleed decided to, you know, pop that one in there. Hey, Adam, can you show us your left hand? And um, so I held the hand up, and you know, came clean and admitted that you know there's probably a lot of people at Drawana Cricket Club who would attest to the fact that I can speak about education a lot better than I can catch a cricket ball. Um, <laughs> And I think that's what you've got to do when you're in that circumstance. You've got to, you know, know that you're not in there to um, be just an education expert. You're there to help them do what they want to do, and that's deliver the news differently. And means that there's a bit of humour on it, and there's a bit of you know, good old Aussie self-effacing is going to happen, and um, and run with it and enjoy it. Love that, Adam. Can you? You've been obviously in the media for a very. Is it about five years, six years? Is well, that yeah, right? probably five five years or so now. We've been yeah, we've been working on this. Yeah, it's awesome. So you obviously love it. Tell me and the listeners and Nick Hayes, tell us what you love about doing media. I think what I love about, probably the, the experience of doing media that I love is when it's really conversational. So I, I do really enjoy the project because. Um, 
it, it, uh, because we'll eat often as much as it's challenging, we'll take you off script, you know, and it becomes a real conversation. And I think on the last one that I went on there, they prepared me even two or three minutes before it with five questions that they were going to ask um, for that segment. And we got one done because <laughs> Willie decided to go off script. But I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the sort of the intellectual tussle. I really enjoy doing radio with Tom Elliott on 3AW in Melbourne because I get a feel, one of Tom's producers actually said to me once that, you know, Tom doesn't mind talking to you because you're prepared to have a fight. And and, uh, I don't think you get on there with Tom unless you're prepared to, you know, to really chew on a conversation like, you know, Two dogs on on either end of the bone for a, for a little while, you know, and and I really enjoy that. Um, from a business perspective, what I I, I really enjoy the fact that it it uh, makes people aware of what we do in schools, and it means that we get to do more of the really meaningful work. You know, I'm mindful that I don't change any one school in five minutes on the project, but if people do come to us and say, well, you know, tell me more about what you do, then. Um, then we've got a chance to impact their school and do some really amazing stuff. I love that, Adam. I love the fact that you just don't go in just for the chat. There is going to be a potential, not a, not a fisty cuff. It's more of a, it, it, it's an engagement, but that makes for great media. It's entertaining. There is a, there is a real sense that there is messages and meaningful conversation going on, not just going through the motions. And that, that makes for great media. I think so. I don't think you're, to be really honest, I don't think you're an expert. I don't think you can pitch yourself as an expert to people unless you're prepared to argue a point with someone who's not an expert. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> you, you, you've got to be able point. to stand your, stand your ground on that. Um, otherwise, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think Waleed or Tom Elliott would be particularly interested in talking to me if I agreed with them on everything that they said. It's such an important so, um, point. Yeah. Adam, for, for other people that aren't as experienced in the media as you, and I know myself, when I first got into a situation on live radio where I was disagreeing with my uh, sort of uh, co-presenter, um, I was really nervous because I thought, should I be should I be doing this? And then I remember, Nick, you and I had a chat because mm-hmm. I thought, is, is it your job to agree with everything? And the answer is no. And I think viewers and listeners love, as you said, Adam, you know, said it beautifully chewing chewing the bone that's what we want yeah no, yeah I, I and, but i think it's really it helps you also to hone your own expertise you know when someone asks you some of those either known spoken or known unspoken kind of problems you know so you need to to be able to you know when you head into do some media i think is you know i know that when i drive it's about an hour for me to get into to do a piece on the project you know, i often think on the way where, where would where would Wally take this <laughs> you know what would what would the what would be the off script direction he would go in? I remember on the last one it was it was about you know should we have uh, an ATAR score for our year twelves amid the coronavirus mess? And he um and I thought he's probably going to ask me things like you know would it be fair to change the move the goalposts on the kids now? Mm. And lo and behold, that's exactly what he said. He said, "Oh, Adam, you can't be moving the goalposts." I sort of for myself had a chuckle. I thought oh, I got him right for once. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so I think thinking about where they will go and being ready for that really allows you to position yourself as an expert, which is a good thing. I love that. And and the fact that you're you're sort of going through the motions and and one of the great things that we always try to get uh, people to to do is to interview themselves, you know, interview the questions that are likely to come up and and how you would respond to them so that they don't come as a 
complete surprise. So that hour-long drive in Melbourne, that's just an average commute, by the way, Lana. <laughs> us, us here in Perth. I uh, used to live um, in Sydney, not yeah, too I used to live in Melbourne too, but uh, <laughs> I don't miss the hour commute. But, uh, you know, just to be prepared. Adam, I want to take you off into a little different tangent here as to yeah. how has media worked for your business? Has it helped and improve it? I mean, we, we love seeing you, watching you in the media, but you mentioned just before that people, you know, they might not necessarily uh, go with you straight away, but they might start asking you more questions about what is it, what do you, what do, you do, Adam, and what is it that your business does? Yeah, I think the, the good news is that just, just occasionally they do come to you straight away. I remember, you know, doing a, a piece that, you know, you guys helped me uh, get a little breakthrough with um, Channel 7 on a, on, a, on a weekend. And I went in and did a piece on the Saturday morning. The phone rang on uh, about three hours later um, and when it went to an air in Perth. And a principal there had seen it and said, right, I like your stuff when you're working with my school. Nice. And it's not right, eh? <laughs> yeah. So it can have some immediate impact, but I think the the bigger impact is the long term stuff because you know it's a bit like they're not going to you know, we we train schools and we partner with schools, which means that schools need to trust us, and that means that over quite an extensive period of time, they need to hear you speak with conviction to that message, to that key message, that key sort of core belief stuff that you, you and your business have, and so. Working in the media has given us the chance to deliver that message with enough repetition for people that they know what we're on about. So it's allowed us to, to build brand in that regard without needing sort of, you know, glossy merchandise or, or advertising and things like that because we just get the chance to not just put a, you know, a, the front of a, a flyer or a front of a prospectus in front of people. We actually get to talk about what we think matters the most. And um, when you talk to that, I think that you can build the trust that people will want to do really meaningful work with you. Such a good point, Adam. I think when you are the authority and you are as, as, as prolific as you are in media, talking about the very topic that you're passionate about and the business that you're in, uh, people do and will lean towards going to you to ask you the questions and, you know, what does Adam think? Adam, I, w I really want to tap into this subject before we get too close to the end is, is around uh, education, education and can be such as, to, to Lana's point earlier, such a passionate thing, something that we're all involved in and we've all got children. We all believe we've got some sort of say in this, that we think that what we think is the right way to go. Um, you do... You do bite back. You do definitely give people your point of view, both not in traditional media, but also in social media. How do you tackle that as someone who, when a lot of the a lot of the statements aren't always going to be well thought out? For instance, let me say, um, you know, some of the criticism Hang on, on Adam's end or no, the no, other end, not from Adam's end, from, the, from those that are, from those from those that are critics. Glad you clarified that. Oh, You're welcome. <laughs> I'm talking more of the critics of Adam Voigt. I'm talking more the people that are all having a bit of a crack at uh, the way that you talk. Sorry, I, I was getting there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the trolls. Referring so, so, to so the, the trolls. Because it, it is, uh, it, and it's a global thing, this, isn't it? It's not just local. It's global. Um, how do you how do you cope with that? It is. I, I try to, um, I guess one of the things that I've done is triage who I'm prepared to take advice from. 
Um, so for, for, for a start, you know, there, there are people that will make comments online. Um, you know, most media that you do now will end up, you know, uh, often it ends up even online before it goes to air a, a lot of the time. So um, people are going to be commenting on that. And what you need to do is to make a decision about who are the quali- what are the qualifications of the people that you listen to. So, you know, particularly around I won't, um, on your, I, won't, I won't mess up your podcast by talking to some of the comments that have been made about me online. But you know, I'm 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 a six foot four man who works with children, and so you can probably imagine some of the comments that would be made uh. by people, uh, you know, in my field. But the good part is for me, I've just decided that they're not qualified to give me that sort of feedback. And what so about- you just you, you just let it go, and you look more. You, if people who are in your industry uh, are making comments on both sides, then you just treat it all equally as feedback. None of it's good or bad; it's just useful. It's a really, it's a good way to look at it, and I, I think that was where I was heading towards is the the maybe the the jealousy that might be coming from those in your industry that you do tend to take up a lot of the oxygen as a commentator, and and rightfully so, but also to the way that you've built your media profile that people could start to say and and do start to say, oh, there goes that Adam Void again talking about it. Yeah, I, I think there would be a lot of industry jealousy there that would be going on. Why do they always go to him and not come to me? Yeah, that you do get that, and again, that's an act for me. It's of, of triaging. So what I see when I when I look at some of those comments is you're right. They do tend to be people who wanted to get interviewed, um, but they don't tend to be people who are, for instance, principals in both public and independent schools. Um, they don't tend to be the teachers who've got a problem with that. It tends to be people who might view me as a competitor. Yeah. Um, I, I funnily enough, I don't really view them as competitors. I'm really happy to be friendly with them and to hear what they've got to, you know, got to hear what they've got to say about what I've got to say. But when they get narky just because it's me, then I sort of take the view that that's more about them than about me. I, could, I couldn't imagine you not biting back either, too. Adam. <laughs> it's really well, interesting, you know, though. Sorry, he's got to keep himself entertained. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that, and I think that's a takeout for other experts too. That if you're getting that's that interaction on social media, particularly, you don't have to respond to everything. And I think that is perhaps a, a view that might be a little unusual, but worth following. Definitely worth following. I, I know for a fact that my wife, who is very active on social media as well, and education particularly, is very very active on social media. Because you've got yep. teachers, you've got parents, you've got uh, a lot of different stakeholders that think that they've got a say in it. And it's amazing how much of it does exist in social media and, and not necessarily all in traditional media. Is that your feeling about that, Adam? Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a, and there's a, a little witching hour for, for educators on social media. I must be when the kids go to bed, I think. But um, <laughs> if you're going to get some comments come that you don't really want to deal with, they're probably going to come at, after about 8.30 at night. And every educator seems to pick up their phone and take out their frustration on whoever they see first. And you just got to go, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Maybe, yeah. maybe they've um, got a couple it, of glasses of red with it as well. Might be a little bit of courage that comes along with yeah. that. So, yeah, and that's okay. Every Everyone's entitled to bark down social media. It doesn't mean we need to attach any currency to it. Yes. Love Fantastic. that. I love it. I love it. Hey, Adam, we're coming to a close. I just want to ask you a question. If there was, if uh, Adam Voigt today, six foot four Adam Voigt could talk to, well, probably six, you're probably six foot four at 18 anyway. Um, if you could, <laughs> if you could say to him, what would, what, what piece of advice would you give him uh, coming through the media game? What, uh, what's your best tip? I think probably number one would be 
trust your trust your expertise. I think it took me a while to to get going in the the media because I I, I let those stories in my head uh, be heard too loudly about oh you're not that smart you're not you know, what you say really doesn't matter you're going to make a fool of yourself. And I think that what we need to remember is that it really doesn't matter a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, if you do a good job, if you do a bad job, it'll be forgotten reasonably quickly. You know, and it's okay. Don't attach too much value to it. Enjoy it. Get out there and put your face out there and, and, and say what you've got to say, I think would be the first one. I think the second thing would be to be prolific. To, to be prepared to, you know, um, you know, I'm trying really hard at the moment to focus on getting op-ed pieces um, published in the major newspapers, particularly here in Victoria. Um, and, you know, 90 at least percent of them get rejected. Mm. And it's okay. It, it's wonderful opportunity to package up your intellectual property is to put it within 800 words in a way that other people will understand and to attach metaphors and similes and things like that to it so that people can understand and engage with it is, is really good practice. So I think it'd be just trust yourself and, and then be prolific. I love that, Lana. I love that too. And I'm just going to jump in there and say I haven't heard the word simile since I was in high school, Adam, thank you very much. You've reminded me the that teacher jargon bobs up every wonderful. now and then, doesn't it? I just oh. can't help it; it creeps out. Love it. <laughs> Simile. I, f- I feel sixteen again. <laughs> Crikey, I'm looking for my dictionary. I've got to work out what a simile means. Hey, no, uh, basically, if a sentence starts with "it's like," it's a simile. Okay. Right, oh, well played. Well, well played. Short lessons are good. Lessons. Every day's a school day, in your case. Yeah. Well, it's 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 like this podcast went very very quickly. Hey, it's it's like it's all over. It's done. Hey, Adam, real pleasure to have you on the Experts Podcast. Been looking forward to this for for a long time, partly because um, I've loved watching your journey over the five or six years that we've worked and been involved together. But I just love your energy and passion that you bring. I think you're probably one of the best communicators that I have seen in, in any space uh, and, and that you own it. You really do. And you bring that personal touch. And the fact that you're a Richmond Football Club member and, uh, and, and tragic <laughs> it doesn't really hold you back too badly. Um, it, it does get you a, a kick you a few goals. But uh, um, really have enjoyed this chat. And uh, keep up the good work, sir. I will, mate. I was about to thank you, but now I'm sort of second-guessing myself around that as well. But You, know, you can thank me, being... Adam. <laughs> oh, well, Lara. Thank you. you know, um, well, for me, you, know, you try to be an expert in your field, but I think knowing that you need expertise in the field that you're stepping in, I'm certainly no media expert. So it's been wonderful to work with you guys and to be able to leverage your expertise to marry against mine. So thank you very much for that. And eventually you'll um, you'll, you'll try to get over the superiority of the Richmond Football Club as uh, over the rest of the country. Still doesn't, it's he, a fight over the last word between knows, you two blokes. This could go for 45 minutes, honey. We've got to cut it off now. Adam, great to have you on the Experts Podcast. Look forward to it. If people want to find out more about Adam and where can they go? Uh, probably the two places are adamboyd.com.au and realschools.com.au as well are probably the places to get started. Yeah, and follow him on Twitter. He's, he's a good laugh. He's got a good sense of humour. Well, that's it for <laughs> us for another episode of the Experts Podcast. Lani Hill, 
Great to have your company. That great was, to have you. That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was great. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it and learned something. Simile. Oh, well, simile. Well, you, you'd hope that you would have learned something from it, particularly the, the leading teacher and uh, right. ex-principal, etc., running uh, media in this country. That was Adam Voigt. He uh, is a fantastic expert. And if you want to listen to another expert or listen to another media, uh, join us next week when we tackle a new one. We don't know who it'll be, but I guarantee it will be back here next Tuesday. Look forward to having your company. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.